It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Akiva, how are you today? I'm great. All right, well, we're in the top 10. Of course, we were in the top 10 yesterday because we went slightly out of order with the Cowboys, but here we are at number 10, the San Diego Superchargers. You have oh, a lot uh, to say about the Chargers. <laughs> it's a, that was like an awkward cue. I didn't know like I'm supposed to say another thing. Yeah, well, I'll say a thing. You know, we made these rankings basically in early August before, speaking personally, I'd done a lot of research. And in my head, I thought, yeah, the Chargers are always 10 and 6. They always make the playoffs. They'll go about 10 and 6 this year. So I put them at number 10. And I've been reading a lot about the Chargers in the last week or two. And first of all, you know, and we'll get into this with our guest in a second, but the Chargers actually haven't won more than nine games in six years. And um, most of the previews I've been reading have them, you know, again, at around 500 this year. So I think we might have been a little too high on them. What do you think? There's this perception like there aren't a lot of teams that have a rivers or above level quarterback that are, you know, that that can really do worse than eight and eight every year. But for some reason, they are stuck in this mire of like eight and eight, nine and seven. And right, I would say 10 and six, but you're right. They haven't gone 10 and six in a while. But yeah, the more I looked into their roster and we're going to get into it now with our guest, but especially their defense, the less impressed, uh, you know, I became. Yeah. And I feel a little better because I'm looking at our individual rankings. I had San Diego 12. You had them nine. So I think I was a little closer to um, sort of the consensus. But yeah, let's bring our guest on and uh, we can discuss it with him. Uh, joining us today is Mike Newman from the Chargers Chat Podcast. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. So, you know, let's let's get right into it. And actually, before we even turn to this team, let me ask you about some of the the off the field turmoil. The Chargers have been a team that everybody's discussing as a possible move to LA, and they have their quarterback and his family of forty seven thousand children, who has been very open about the fact that he didn't want to move to LA and he wasn't going to sign a contract. And uh, I think in the off season there were even rumors that he might be traded to Tennessee for the Marcus Mariota pick. So. Some of those things have been resolved, but it still seems like the team might be moving to L.A. And you're a guy who you're not just a Chargers fan, but of course, you're a local. You live in San Diego. So let me ask you sort of how are how are San Diegans, San Diegoites? Um, you know, Will Ferrell never explained exactly how to pronounce that. Uh, how are people from the uh, from the town of San Diego uh, taking these rumors about the team moving to L.A.? It's yeah, it's definitely been a tough off season. I think a lot of people are in a, in a wait and see mode, but there is a bit of a, a dark cloud over this season, of course, in the offseason, there was, like you mentioned, Philip Rivers and everything there and Eric Weddle. 
trying to get a contract done. But yeah, with the whole stadium news, I think a lot of people are just assuming that we might go to LA. So maybe there's some fans checking out, but I think there's still enough hope that that I'm all in. Would you stop being a Chargers fan if they moved to LA? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And there is a little bit of a San Diego LA rivalry. So I know a lot of people are would probably stop being a fan. But I think the worst thing that could happen, there's been rumors that the Raiders could move to San Diego. And I don't think anybody's on board with that. <laughs> and uh, I think this happened before your time. But uh, do you know of older San Diego, San Diego, we still don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, did they stick around and stay as Clippers fans? Or uh, not that there was anything to be a fan of for the Clippers, you know, for the first 20 years in L.A. anyhow. But that's a good point. That is a little bit before my time. But I, on the other hand, what about the conquistadors? A lot of uh, a lot of people still miss the conquistadors. (laughs) No, I I haven't haven't heard that that in a while. (laughs) Didn't they have Will Chamberlain as a coach? Your your memory is better than mine. Yeah, well, I'm not old enough to remember that. But I read (laughs) I read Loose Balls by Terry Pluto, which is just a fantastic book about the ABA. I think Akiva actually might have recommended it to me. Yeah, actually, was it was Bill Simmons who recommended it to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, let's turn to this team now for a second. So as I said in the opener, the Chargers are a team who they're sort of sort of perceived as as being a playoff team just about every year. But in the last what is it now five years in a row where they've gone either seven and nine, eight and eight or nine and seven. And and last year they started out really hot. The first month of the year they were like five and one. Philip Rivers was incredible and looked like the leading candidate to win the MVP. And then he regressed badly as the season continued. Um, I think they got shut out by the Dolphins at one point. They they lost three out of four in December. The only win was in overtime against San Francisco, and they were falling apart at the end of the year. And then in week seventeen, you had a playoff spot on the line. All you had to do was beat the backups in Kansas City. And you couldn't even get that done. And you lost in an ugly game, nineteen to seven, to finish. You know, yet again nine and seven, uh, but this time out of the playoffs. So you talked about sort of the the, the pessimistic or the apprehensive feel of, of fans based on some of the off the field news and rumors of moving. But how do people feel about the team based on on the field performance? I think on the field, there's there's definitely a lot of optimism because you mentioned the the collapse last year, but. The good news, I guess, for this year is that was mostly due to injury. The The offensive line got decimated. And even Phillip Rivers himself, like you said, during the, the first part of the year, he was playing at an MVP level. And then the second half slide was, was I don't think, just him suddenly getting old. But he, he had a, a really severe rib injury and he had a bulging disc that he was playing through the last few games of the season. So he's fully healthy from that. And hopefully that doesn't doesn't reoccur but with with a healthy team i think i think we have a good shot of making the playoffs you know river's career and he's been sort of because he hasn't had that ultimate success in the playoffs people don't talk about him as much but on our quarterbacks podcast i told akiva that i thought he was a borderline hall of famer uh but if you look at his numbers from 2009 to 2012 he basically got worse for four years in a row as he you know crossed the 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 age of 30 uh and and then in in 2012 he had like you know probably his worst season uh since basically since he'd become a starter and people really thought he was finished, or at least you know, on the downswing. His uh, QBR, for example, dropped to 41. It had never been uh, below the 60s before that. Well, he had one year below the 60s, but it had been above the 60s or higher for four years in a row. And he really looked like he was on the downswing. Then in 2013, he came back. He had a bounce-back season. He led the league in completion percentage. His QBR was back in the 70s. He looked really good. And then, as we said, the first month of last year, he looked really good as well. And then he ended up leading the league in interceptions. So is it all tied to his offensive line problems or, or is there anything to, to possibly say, well, you know, he's turning 34 and, you know, maybe he's just he's on the downswing of his career. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to to compare Rivers to to Manning and Brady and say that 
those two guys are resetting the age curve and every quarterback can can go into their late 30s and still be great but but you're right he probably is going to slow down over the next few years and and he does have a big contract so that's a little bit worrisome but but like I said I think a lot of his 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 down years or his down games have have been because he's he's had some pretty patchwork offensive lines over the years and and like I said last year he's just he just been dealing with some injuries so of course, those can always reoccur, but hopefully with a better offensive line this year, he can he can remain healthy. Uh, so you mentioned the old line, Michael. Um, and to me, it's it's this is definitely one of the uh, biggest question marks on the team because the rest of the offense, um, while maybe not spectacular, is solid. But especially the right side of the offensive line, to me, seems like a concern. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would agree. The So we made a signing in the offseason, Joe Barksdale, and I think that's He's he's an average right tackle. He does he does struggle a little bit in pass protection, so that's a concern with him. But I think he'll be an upgrade over over DJ Fluker from last year. And then at, at right guard is again another question mark. We moved DJ Fluker from, of course, the former first round pick from right tackle to right guard, and a lot of people think he'll be a better fit there. But that's definitely been a work in progress in the preseason. I, I just said solid, but not spectacular on the rest of the o- offense. But I mean. You know, at, at running back, you have Melvin Gordon, Danny Woodhead, and, and Oliver. Receiver, you have uh, Malcolm Floyd, Keenan Allen, Stevie Johnson. And tight end, you know, when Gates comes back, you have Gates and Green. So there's a ton of options. Really, you know, as you know, in terms of depth, you know, you could you guys can go, uh, you know, up against almost any team in the league. But there's not really anybody spectacular right now. Um, you know, there's no there's no world beaters out there. Do you think is there a player? I mean, obviously, you know, Melvin Gordon's a rookie uh, running back. So do you you know, could Melvin Gordon be the guy? Um, you know, I think is Keenan Allen's third season, right? Could he have a breakout year? Yeah, I, I think that, like you said, there's no single spectacular weapon, but I think there's a lot of pretty good weapons. And and the offense doesn't really need to get that much better. Last year, we were 10th in, in the NFL in, in offensive DVOA. And I think adding Stevie Johnson, he's looked really good so far in training camp. The reports are uh, he's just one of those guys that is 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 seems to always be open. And I'm not sure what happened with the 49ers, why he wasn't able to to get the snaps and get the targets there. But you saw what he did in Buffalo with Ryan Fitzpatrick as his quarterback. So he's one of those guys that is a, another good weapon to have. And you mentioned Danny Woodhead. He was injured for most of last year. So that's another additional weapon that Rivers has. I I think this team is it's it really suits Rivers. He can really diversify the offense and it may not be good for fantasy purposes. There may not be one guy that gets the bulk of the carries. I don't think Melvin Gordon is going to get it's going to be a workhorse. He's going to share snaps with Danny Woodhead and Brandon Oliver and and in the receiving core. I think it's he's going to spread it out as well. So but I, I do think that it's it's a very good offense. Yeah. Uh, the, when I say, uh, you know, when I complimented the Chargers on their depth, I was not including the fact that I believe Kellen Clemens is uh, Philip Rivers' backup. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he has he has been downright terrible. And uh, anytime you see him play, usually that's the preseason. You know, we have we have uh, you know a theory that we've developed over uh, these thirty two podcasts, and I've really had it in my head for years. Where the best job in the world is to be a backup quarterback, right? But so you're Jim Sorge and you're backing up Peyton Manning for many years. But if you're not good, then you don't want to get into the game. Because they'll, you know, your team will invite you back the next year to be the backup of the third string QB if you didn't play. But if you come in 
and show them that you're incompetent, then you're out of the league, right? If you're yeah, a back. Can, Akiva, can I just point out, though, that Philip Rivers has not missed a single game in his career since Oh, I'm not saying that Rivers is going to miss a game. And again, that's how Sorgi, you know, that's how but, but, but Sorgi probably lives in a big That's why San Diego there. is one of those places, you know, like the Giants or, you know, where with behind Eli, where you want to be as a backup quarterback. That's where Kellen Clemens wants to go because he can suck in private. No one will know that he sucks. But it's crazy that he's still in the NFL. Like, I, I would almost rather have Tim Tebow than Kellen Clemens. I'm not even joking. Oh. Kellen Clemens is so bad. Like, he flamed yeah, out. Tim, with, I'm a Jets fan. He flamed Tebow, out Tim, with the Jets. Can't like, even, that was like Tim seven Tebow years even, ago at this point. Tim Tebow can't even throw a football, though. He can't run a like Neither an NFL can offense. Kellen Clemens. Look, I, I'm not going to defend Kellen Clemens. That's the wrong hill no, to die don't, on. <laughs> don't die on that Kellen Clemens hill. Ten years in the league. Oh, my gosh. Kellen Clemens has like $20 million in the bank. That's All right. Well, Akiva, Akiva, if we could, uh, you know, watch our audience members uh, in real time, they'd be plummeting as we discuss Kellen Clemens. So I'm going to shift to someone they've heard of a little more. Uh, Antonio Gates. I was listening yesterday to the uh, Bill Barnwell podcast and Robert Mays, and they were previewing uh, the AFC West. And, and they were very concerned about Antonio Gates' suspension. And they thought, you know, that basically so much of the offense runs through him. Uh, of course, last year, I mean, it's incredible the numbers that he put up considering how old he is. And those first four weeks, you know, you, you have a you have a tough schedule those first four weeks. And the only one that looks like a, like a pretty safe win is Cleveland. But but even Cleveland has a pretty good defense and, and, and the other teams you do your play as well. And they were really concerned that, you know, that San Diego might get out to like a one and three start in, in Gates' absence. So, you know, how do you think that the Chargers are going to be affected in those early weeks with uh, without Gates on the field? Yeah, I, I listened to the to the same podcast you mentioned and I. I think it's going to hurt. I, luckily, it's only four games, but it'll give Ladarius Green a chance. He's been talked about as a sleeper for a couple of years now, and he's he's really athletic. He looks great when he plays, but for some reason, Mike McCoy just hasn't hasn't given him the targets. Philip Rivers hasn't looked his way, so he'll finally get the opportunity as the as the top tight end. And I don't know. I don't think that all of the throws that were going to go to Gates though are just going to go to Ladarius Green. I think you'll see. Danny Woodhead in the short passing game. I think you'll see Keenan Allen in the slot get get some of the catches that may have otherwise gone to Gates. So I think by committee we have enough weapons that that it shouldn't hurt us too much. Hopefully. All right. Uh, now I think it's time for the roster game, which is Akiva's favorite part of the podcast, of course. Obviously, a few guys have now been cut because we're we're later on into the uh, preseason. But hopefully it'll be a guy who's on the team now. And uh, so say a number, and Akiva will quiz you on a random player on the Chargers. Oh, boy. All right, I'll go 24. All right, Michael, tell me everything you know about DJ Fluker. All right, so he was our, our first-round pick a few years ago and a, a very high pick. He was supposed to be a right tackle and, and just over the past few years just has not really taken to the position. He's, he's a really big guy, and he just isn't quite quick enough to handle the edge rushers. He wasn't, he wasn't horrible, but he just really wasn't getting the job done. So I talked about it earlier. We've moved him over to right guard, and... Hopefully in a more confined space and he'll be able to, to, to do a little bit better. And hopefully in the run game, he can, he can really improve there. All right. Give me another number. 15. Uh, who is Kyle Miller? Oh boy, this is a tough one. So he is a, I know he's a tight end and he's had a few catches in the preseason. He's, he's been fairly impressive playing with, uh, playing mostly third and fourth quarters, but I really wouldn't expect him to make the roster. We've already got four tight ends in, in Gates. Johnson, Phillips, and and Green. So I think he's a slim chance of making the roster. No, sorry, Kyle. But you knew who he was. That's good. All right, let's do one more. Let's go 35. Uh, who's Chris Watt? Chris Watt, he was, he's a second-year player. We, we took him out of Notre Dame last year in the draft with the, our third-round pick. And 
infamously last year, we had a ton of, of center injuries and, and Chris Watts natural position in college is guard, but he's, he's slotted in at center and he started a few games and, and did a pretty decent job and kind of stopped the bleeding at, at that position. I think he'll take a big step forward this year with a whole off season to work at center. Uh, and I'll throw in a bonus one without a number. I see a, a couple of funny names on this team. Uh, who's <laughs> Chichi Araguzo? Oh boy. Uh, you know, I don't know that's much not, about that's him. That's not a real player. That's the guy that they told Manti Teo was a real player. Oh boy. <laughs> Too soon. Uh, we had, we had to go there. We had to go there. No, all I know is he's actually an inside linebacker. So he does play the same position as Manti Teo. I can't, I can't tell you much about him though. I don't think he'll make the roster. They also had a but, guy, uh, Changa show, but I think he's, uh, he's, uh, on IR. I hadn't heard of him. Hey, and your your most famous uh, defensive player of of this century, uh, Data Tila Tequila. So, and that's another strange name. Um, it's actually interesting. I mentioned Manti Teo. He really hasn't been heard of since he came into the NFL, and I mean that in a positive way because he was sort of such a joke, and people said, "Oh, how can you draft him? He, he's a locker room distraction." And obviously, that's sort of an idiotic thing to say in general. I hate the word distraction, but he's been a solid linebacker. Or you tell me, actually, how he's played because you know he hasn't he hasn't been heard of off the field at all. Yeah, he's he's been pretty good. He the, the problem with him though is he's his he's been dealing with foot injuries for for his first couple seasons and when he's in though in there though he plays really well. He's he's our only inside linebacker that's really adept in pass coverage, so we really need him there, but there is that injury risk with him. So that's kind of a theme with the Chargers, a lot of injury risks and and that's why I think there's kind of a wide range of of records that we could have uh because of of the health concerns. All right, and, and now that we've brought him up, let's you know shift to the defense. The defense is pretty much the same defense they had last year. They haven't made a lot of changes. So I guess I would ask you, you know, who on this defense do you see as an opportunity to step up and, and, and you know really take a starring role this year? This is probably the easiest question you asked me. Much easier than who is Chichi Araguizo or whatever his name is. I, I think it's got to be Jason Verrett. He he was a rookie last year. He was our first round pick, and he only he only played in six games, but. He was fantastic. Pro football focus just gave him rave grades last year. And, and he supposedly looked really good in practice so far in, in the offseason here. So I think health, again, is the theme here. But if he's healthy, I have no doubt that he's going to be a really good corner. Yeah, so you mentioned pro football focus. Um, but while they are fans of Verrett and most of the other members of secondary, like, uh, of course, Eric Weddle, and Brandon Flowers, they really hate uh, your front seven. I would say probably, according to them, the worst front seven in the league by a large margin. Because cool. there's, there's, only a th- there's only three players here that even graded out as average last year, and there's not a single player in your front seven who, who had a grade of good or above. Um, so you mentioned Teo, and he's, uh, I think, probably the definition of a league average player. Maybe a little slow, but, you know, good instincts, that sort of thing. But there's, you know... It, uh, are there are there players on the front seven who have a lot of room for improvement? I mean, uh, Luge or however you pronounce uh, Corey's name. Uh, yeah, you know, Legit. They, they have a uh, Legit, and they 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 list Kendall Reyes as poor, which basically means shouldn't be in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely share pro football focus's hatred of our front seven. There's, but there are a lot of. I guess the good news is that there's of course a ton of room for improvement there. I, I think. The biggest issue is is pass rush, and that's my biggest concern with the team. That's, I think, the most important thing a defense needs to do. And there are talented guys there on the outside. We've got Melvin Ingram, who has been injured for most of his first few years in San Diego, but he slimmed down a little bit. He looks excellent in the preseason. He 
we really need him to step up and have a healthy, productive season, but we've never seen that from him. So I guess we'll have to believe it when we see it. On the other side at outside linebacker, we've got Jerry Atauchu, who was our second round pick last year. Really talented guy, good speed rusher, but he he really hasn't shown it yet. This will be his second year. So there's really no proven pass rusher on the team, certainly not at outside linebacker. And the defensive line is Corey Legit signed to a big contract, and, and he's pretty good, but he hasn't quite reached the level that you would hope for a first-round pick to reach, and he has no help along that defensive line. You mentioned Kendall Reyes. He's been the weak spot of the defense for years, and I think most Charger fans are hoping that he gets overtaken for that starting spot. All right, we're going to go to the schedule in a second, but before we do so, let me ask you a quick question about your coach, Mike McCoy. He's entering his third season now, and he hasn't, you know, he hasn't done bad. Each of the last two years, they've gone nine and seven, and you know, one year they they just made the playoffs, and then and they actually, you know, got a, a win, and then the next year they just missed the playoffs. Um, but I noticed something that's sort of a a funny, almost a coincidence. Uh, Norv, in his last three years, when he had basically just turned into an eight and eight coach. In his last season, the Chargers scored 350 points. They allowed 350 points for, you know, perfectly league average, a, a scoring differential of zero. Last year, the Chargers scored 348, and they allowed 348. So they were almost the exact same team, you know, at the end of the day as they had been under Norv. So I guess I'm just wondering, is there a, a certain threshold that McCoy has to reach to you know, keep his job at the end of the season? Or, or do you think that no matter what, they're going to bring him back and at least give him a fourth season? I, I think it's pretty unlikely that he gets fired after this year. He's had a winning record, 9-7 and seven the past couple of years, made the playoffs in one of them, like you said. But I, I think he has excuses for each year of why we weren't a little bit better. We've, we've been, if you look at Football Outsiders' uh, kind of health ratings, we've been one of the least healthy teams. And so I think he has that built-in excuse there. And and his his forte is is the offense, and the offense has been been really good the past few years. So, I think the main problem with the team is the defense. So, if anybody, I think it's the defensive coordinator John Pagano. If the defense doesn't take a step forward this year, I think he could be shown the door. All right, so now let's look to the schedule. Uh, you know, it, the schedules. I think the toughest part of the schedule is probably the first six weeks, especially because in those first four, as we said, you're missing Gates on the offense, and then in the middle of the year, it gets a little bit easier, and and then it ends. Um, I guess it depends on, on on whether the Broncos have clinched anything or not, but we'll get to that. Uh, let's start at week one. You start at home against the Detroit Lions, uh, projecting a win or a loss in that game. Well, there I'm usually pretty deferential to the betting market, and we've already got got one here. The the we're favored well, two and a half. Don't tell us the spread. We're doing a spread podcast. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. I will. I will not give away the spread. I guess I gave away the favorite, but I'll I'll, I'll keep it short. I'll go with a win. All right, we got to steal you, Bill Simmons' thunder in the three weeks he's out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then week two, you go at Cincinnati. Uh, you won there in the playoffs under McCoy in your rookie season, in his rookie season. Excuse me. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I, I've never been in the NFL, so can't call me a rookie. But uh, I, this one, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a loss. You're right. We did beat them in the playoffs, but I, I don't know. They've been pretty good at home the last couple of years, and and I think their their O line is going to have a field day with our pretty bad defensive line. So I'll go. I'll go loss. All right, and, and then the next week you go at Minnesota, and I have to tell you, I'm a Vikings fan, and I was at a Vikings-Chargers game, not the one in which Adrian Peterson set the all-time rushing record for a single game, the one before that in Minnesota, but it's back in Minnesota, Peterson's back on the field, and you know, it doesn't have LT on the other side of the field to impress, but uh, what do you see happening in week three? This one's pretty much a coin flip. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with everyone that the, 
the Vikings are going to be much improved, and I think they're they're kind of a sexy team this this off season. But I'll, not to a keeper, they're not. <laughs> I'll, I'm I'll just go sick with of the hearing win. about them. <laughs> the, the the hype has the hype gone too far? Maybe. Well, maybe when you're when you're talking to a Vikings fan, you know his co-host. Yeah. Teams, <laughs> but I'm I'm going to go with a win. I I like Bridgewater, but I, I think their right tackle load hold is he he might be out for the year at least. Yeah, he's out for the year. Yep. So I, I think, and Matt Khalil on the other side has been underwhelming. So I, I think we'll be able to get some pressure on him. I'll go with the win. Well, you know what? Uh, if it's up to the 32 fans, experts, the Vikings are in for a tough year because each of their opponents the first three weeks has predicted a loss. And in week four, they're playing Denver. And I think that's probably going to be a loss. So uh, the Vikings might go 0-4 into the bye if it's according to our experts of other teams. But now you're 2-1. You come home. And you're the last game before you get Gates back, and the easiest of the four, you get to play uh, the Browns. Yeah, I'm going to go with the win here. They, uh, they're whoever's playing quarterback, Josh McCown, Johnny Manziel. It doesn't scare me. I'll go with the win. All right, so three and one. Now you have a big matchup on Monday night against Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's it's and they a get home... back Martavis Bryant. You get back Antonio Gates. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a home game, which is nice. But unfortunately, Charger fans have been or Charger players have been pretty pretty outspoken about the fact that. Usually there's a lot of away fans and especially when there's when the Steelers come to town it's pretty much half and half in the stadium it seems like so I'm going to go with a loss I think their offense has uh, too much firepower what right, what's you know, the reason you know I I have family in San Diego and while they're sports fans they don't really particularly care about the Chargers and what's the reason for this sort of apathy towards the Chargers in general because even when they're good it seems like they have trouble filling up the stadium you know, and even if the even if stadiums almost filled, it's like those fifty thousand people that are there are the only fifty thousand people that care. Like, do you agree with that? Is it is part of it like the constant fear of losing them to LA, or just the, the fact that it's weather. so nice out? Yeah, I, I I think it's I'd go with the weather. I, I'd love to have the excuse of the fact that they might move to LA, but it's it's been that way for a while. Back when they you'd have to sell out to to get your game on TV, we had we had a decent amount of, of blackouts and. I think a reason why a lot of away fans show up is because there's it's a military town. There's a lot of people in the military. So there's people from moving in from from all over the country. So there's a little bit of an excuse there. But, you know, I, I just think sports in general aren't that big, aren't that big here. Yeah, I just got to say, I've heard a lot about the beautiful weather in San Diego and also about the fact that there's a drought in California. But uh, I was in San Diego about a year and a half ago for the first and only time. And just as we arrived at our hotel, it started raining. This was the weekend of uh, like February 28th, March 1st, 2014. No, nobody and needs to know the dates. Come on. Yeah. Well, you always bring <laughs> up dates of jet skis from 1992. Uh, yeah, but this is the, the date that you're on vacation in, in well, La Jolla. Well, well I'm going to say Mike right remember because it, it started raining as we got to the hotel. It rained the entire weekend and it rained up and through our flight taking off to come back to New York. And I, I read in the paper when I was there that weekend that it was the, it was the first rain San Diego had gotten in like 16 months. So maybe Mike remembers that weekend as, oh, yeah, that was the weekend it rained. Well, that was the weekend that uh, the Chesters were in town. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, would, I, I would like to see more of that good weather. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for bringing, bringing that weekend for us. Yeah, I'm still bitter. Uh, we ended up – the only thing we could do is we went to that um, – what's the name of that big aircraft carrier you have where, uh, where they had like a, a basketball game a couple of years ago? The USS Midway? Yeah, that, that, that was fun. But um, that was pretty much the only thing we could do because, you know, it was indoors – we never got to see your famous zoo. All right. So I'll, I'll tell you what, one more San Diego complaint. You're not from La Jolla, are you? I, I actually live uh, very close to La Jolla. Okay. Cause my uncle, my uncle is a rabbi out in La Jolla and he like, and when we go visit them, like every single street is like La Jolla drive, La Jolla parkway, La Jolla Boulevard, like every street 
as the La Jolla in the title. Am I crazy or or is that true? It's intentionally like they're trying to keep out like visitors, basically, by making it intentionally confusing. Yeah, no, you've got a point there. And there's a lot of Spanish theme roads, too, that hard to remember. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of an adventure. So now you're three and two after that Monday nighter and it doesn't get any easier because you have to go at Green Bay. And, you know, this is a, this is a late game on CBS. So a lot of the country will be watching as the uh, Chargers try and pull off the upset. Uh, don't tell us the line if you know it for the week six game at Green Bay. All right, I'll no more no more talk of the spreads. I'll I'll go. I will say I bet you the Packers are favored. Spoiler alert there, but I'll I'll go with a loss. I think you'd be crazy to to pick any team to go into Lambeau really and, and get a get a win. All right, so now I come back home and you know I would say it's an easy game, but the, the Chargers and Raiders have had some interesting games over the last few years, and uh, you know I think a lot of the times they end up playing in like that late Monday nighter in Week One. But um, what happens in Week Seven at home against Oakland? I, I think that I think Oakland will be a little bit better with with the experience of Carr and adding Amari Cooper, who I'm really excited to see. But I, I think I'll have to go with a win. They're starting from a pretty low baseline there. Well, and that might be your uh, new home squad in a couple of years. Of course, oh, to some oh of the don't speaker. even don't even joke about that. <laughs> would, would all those like you know terrible uh, Oakland Raiders fans move down to San Diego? Also, because I don't know what San Diegoites, San Diegans, boy, I really keep walking into it. I don't know what they would think about you know these people walking in with skulls and their face painted. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we'd like it. Yeah. All right. So you're back up above 500 at four and three, and then you got another tough one at Baltimore as uh, we hit November. I'm going to go with the loss. I think the the offenses are fairly evenly matched uh but the defenses are not i think their defense is much much better so i'll I'll go with a loss all right so four and four and the rest of the november schedule is a little bit easier it starts with a, a random monday night game and i say random because uh, when you think of big nfl rivalries you don't necessarily think of san diego and chicago but uh what happens in uh, week nine on monday night football at home against the bears i think rivers is going to have a field day against that Bears secondary they were 29th in dvoa against the pass last year i'm going win all right, so now you're five and four going into the bye. So you guys have a, a Sunday night game hosting the Chiefs, and I'm going to say this is thirty five sixty five to stay in that spot and not get flexed out. Yeah, you you might you might have a point there. I mean, if if you guys are both hovering around five hundred, you know they they've actually you know many years they don't even use the flex once, but I feel like this was uh you know give give the tell the Chargers they have a Sunday night game and tell the Chiefs they have a Sunday night game, but don't actually uh you know. The pencil it in, don't pen it in. So, is that a win or loss hosting the Chiefs? I'm going to go with a win. I know the Chiefs have some really good skill position players, and of course, with the addition of Macklin. But I really, I really don't like their offensive line. I think it it could be maybe as bad as the Chargers' offensive line was last year. So, I, I'm going to go with a win. And that's only your second uh, divisional game of the year on November 22nd. Interesting schedule. What's interesting also, Mike, is that I've noticed you, by that point in the season, you've already played. All of the teams in the AFC North, the reason that's important is because Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore, two of them aren't going to win the division, obviously, and will probably be your chief rivals for one of the wild card spots, other than you know maybe Kansas City in your own division. And, and you have the Chargers losing to each of those three teams, which means you'd be losing tiebreakers there. So it makes those games against Kansas City extra important. Yeah, I think we're going to be in the playoff race really late. I think we have a very good chance of that just because we have so many division games, two games against the Broncos, a couple games against the Chiefs in the second half of the season. Yeah, and I, I will say, as a, you know, you'd probably agree as a Chargers fan, a, a lot of a lot of good math exercises for you guys over the last decade. I feel like you guys are one way or the other always hovering around that line and you got to do like the, you know, the tie breaking stuff in week 16 and 17. You're always oh, yeah. in that playoff picture on one end of the spectrum or another. 
It was crazy the amount of scenarios we had in the last two weeks of last year. I could not keep them straight. I hope we just let's go sixteen and zero and just avoid all that. Or just or just have a tie, and then you don't have to worry about the scenarios. You know, you'll. It's very simple to calculate everything if you have a tie. That that's a great. Maybe I'll predict a tie. We'll see. I could I could. Well, we've had how many here. ties have yeah. we predicted? Or you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be the first one. Oh, I think boy. the Dolphins had that. two ties, <laughs> and I think the Saints had one tie. Uh, not I'll, all thirty-two you know, fans have been great. My well, one of my favorite parts of your guys' podcast has been the the hot take alerts, but yeah. I don't oh, know. If, we have a listener here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm hoping. I still have some time. Maybe I can. I can throw in a hot take. Yeah. I don't think you've earned one just yet. But uh, well, say if, something outlandish about Peyton Manning when we get to the Broncos game. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a shot. How about like if you guys are going to Jacksonville? If you say like I think the Jaguars are one of the worst teams in the league, that'll probably get a hot take alert. No, that's a cold take. (laughs) Or you could say the Jaguars are going to beat us 42 to (laughs) 3. That Blake Bortles. I'm telling you right now, MVP candidate. (laughs) He's he's headed for Canton one day. All right, so (laughs) at Jacksonville, uh, week 12, what do you think? Well, I I think like everyone else, I'm not a fan of Bortles, and especially against this Chargers secondary. I don't think he stands much of a chance, so W. So you face Peyton Manning for the first time all year on December 6th. But it's a good time to face him because a month earlier they're four and four. Now all of a sudden they're seven and four. And so, you know, no, this it's also a good time to face him because Manning's arm is falling off at this point in the season. Everybody. Oh, stop it. <laughs> He's got that noodle arm going by December. Yeah. Well, the weather in San Diego will be nice that day. Yeah. Unless I think, I'm, unless I'm in town. I think that uh, Peyton Manning's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in NFL history. The guy can't get it done in the playoffs. And, you know, talk to me, talk to me in, in January and February when he can't get it done. I don't think I can give it to him when he's trying so hard, oh, though. That's that's a, that's unfortunate. I'm trying trying too hard. Um, no, here I, I do think that the uh, the Broncos are going to take a, a big step back offensively, though. the The Ryan Clady injury was big. Of course, they lost Thomas and and they lost their center, Will Montgomery. So I, I do worry a little bit about their offense, and I think at home the Chargers can can get a win. So the next week, you guys. Go to Kansas City. Well, the last two years we we've played at Kansas City in the the last last games of the season or against Kansas City, and uh, one year we got it done barely against against the second stringers, and last year Chase Daniel somehow beat us. So I'm I'm going to go a loss again, a road road game against against a decent team. I, I got to give us a loss. Then you guys, your last home game of the year, and you host the Dolphins, who, in one of the stranger games last season, beat you guys 37 nothing. And this might be another game that might have tiebreaker implications. Yeah, that's true. This, this game really scares me. I'm not sure what happened in that, in that beatdown last year. That was one of the weirder, weirder games of the Chargers season. And, you know, that defensive line, Sue and Wake, are just monsters. So I think it'll be a big test for this kind of rebuilt offensive line. But I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a win. I think that the home field advantage will do it. And I seem to remember that these Thursday night games ended in Week 15 in previous years. I'm almost positive, but not 100. percent But uh, you have a Week 16. Maybe because uh, it's Christmas Eve. Is that why? I guess. I, I guess maybe. But I mean, you know, as Jews, we're very ha- we're very thankful for uh, you know some some extra football when you know we're not celebrating anything anyway. But uh, unless it's Hanukkah also then, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, in Oakland, Christmas Eve, what do you think? Is this a win or a loss? I think it's a win. We've, we have had some trouble in Oakland over the years. It's, it's always a, a, a tough place to play for us for whatever reason, even though the Raiders are never any good. But I, I think we'll get a win. So that's your 10th win, the first time in double digits in a while, as we said. Does that mean, is the game in week 17, is that for the division on the line? or? I, I, think, it, I think it might be. It, it's, it's definitely looking like the Broncos are going to take a step back. Hopefully the Chargers will take a step forward. And 
And I guess that's the hope. So is that so is that last game uh, is that in the win column or the loss column? That well, that one might be flexed to Sunday night. Although again, just about every team has predicted that their game's getting flexed to Sunday night. Not everybody the Jaguars, Titans. Yeah, everybody thinks week seventeen. Oh yeah, our game is going to be for the division. It's going to be on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, I guess in this game, I guess the hope here is that is that Peyton Manning is is worn down by this by this part of the season or or something some some injuries on on their offense. But you know, outside of that, I think I think the Broncos are the better team, and and on the road, I think it'll be too tough. I'll go I'll go with a loss. Rivers Osweiler. All right, so ten and six. Uh, you think that that the Denver then takes the division? Do you think that you guys are making the playoffs as a wild card? And remember, you've lost tiebreakers to to every team in the AFC North. And last year, all three of those teams won double digit games. I think no. I think I think we'll just miss out. I think that last game will be again to make the playoffs. And and like you said, with all those tiebreaker losses, I I I, I see us just missing the playoffs. But. You know, if it's it's gonna be it's gonna be very close. One bounce of the ball, one one game can can make the difference. So yeah, and as we said, we have the Chargers tenth in our preseason power rankings uh, collectively, Akiva and I. But that's actually seventh in the AFC because the the top ten is AFC heavy. Uh, we only have the Packers, Seahawks, and Cowboys. So that means that collectively we have the Chargers just out of the playoffs, at least based on our power rankings. But I'll tell you, when I made my sort of preseason predictions, I had them at 10 and 6 sneaking in as the sixth seed because I have the Steelers at 9 and 7 because I actually have you guys beating the Steelers in that game on Sunday Night Football. You know, I'm a little bit down on the Steelers just because I think that they had so much great luck with injuries on offense last year. And then this year, they're already having some of the reverse. But um, I got to say, it's refreshing to see a fan not predicting his team to make the playoffs because you wouldn't believe how many of our 32 fans have predicted their teams to make the playoffs, including teams like, like Tennessee and Washington. Washington and Cleveland. And so certainly the Chargers are a team that quite often make the playoffs. So 10 and 6, which would be the third consecutive winning season for Mike McCoy, but the second in a row outside the playoffs, that would, that would be a tough pill to swallow. But as we said, I guess if there's seven good teams in the AFC, then, then that might be the reality. Uh, Mike, you are the co-host of the Chargers Chat Podcast. So you discuss the Chargers every week throughout the season. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Me and my co-host, Tyler Krentz, uh, started the podcast last year. And so it's it's been a lot of fun. All right, so you can follow uh, Chargers Chat Podcast at Chargers Chat Pod on Twitter, or just go to ChargersChat.com. And Mike, thanks for joining us. Good luck to the Chargers this year, and we will see if uh, ten and six or it's enough to make the playoffs, or if you're a, a hard luck loser yet again. All right, thanks for having me. I'm sorry I wasn't able to to deliver an honest and and truthful hot take, but uh, hey, maybe next year. Hey, well, we have Skip Bayless on tomorrow, so no. <laughs> <laughs> I think that button would get worn out. Actually, tomorrow, though, we have a very special podcast for Friday to take you into the long holiday weekend. We have our first and only triple header, as we will be discussing the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, our guest today has each of those teams beating the Chargers. We'll see what their fans say, and we'll see whether all three of those teams can uh, can make the playoffs again this year from the AFC North. So tomorrow, we'll give you a triple header to last you through the weekend, and that means that after the weekend, we'll be back with the top five teams in the NFL the week uh, of the NFL season starting. So thanks a lot for tuning in to 32 Fans in 32 Days with Alex Chester and Akiva Wienerker, and have a good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.